Welcome to Roadside, where we talk about the fascinating and sometimes disturbing history behind roadside attractions and unique destinations. Hello. Welcome. Hello and welcome to Roadside. I am Abigail. I am Janica. And she's my mother and I'm her daughter. <laughs> That's how life is. It is. Yeah. How's, uh, how is life, by the way, Mom? I'm getting back to normal. So that's good. good. After all your trips and stuff. Yeah, multiple trips. And then last week at work, I had like 20 meetings. And I normally maybe have like four that's or five in the whole week. And I, Mom, that is the grossest thing that I've ever heard. 20. <laughs> that is so gross. That just makes me want to. Well, I mean, part of my new role is doing more meetings because I'm doing trainings. Right. And so part right. of it was that. But it was just, I think, because I was out and another lady was out. And so things all got crammed into one week for everybody. Yep. And yep. we all had a crazy week last week. So, yes, back to normal. Back to normal. Yes. yes. How are you? I'm good. Good. I am uh, have been making a lot of jewelry recently. Nice. Why have you been making a lot of jewelry? I don't know. I'm thinking about opening an Etsy shop or something. <laughs> I don't know. Who knows what could happen? Who knows? I took some more pictures today of my stuff. So nice. I'm excited. Very nice. Other than that, nothing. Nothing? Nothing. All right. This and work. And that's it. Roadside work and jewelry. Roadside work, jewelry. Yeah. So all my free jobs. That sounds kind of like my life. Yeah. <laughs> Roadside work and my Etsy shop. Yep, pretty much. Which I'm working on adding stuff to. Yeah, I'm excited about mine. But it's just going to be jewelry for now, but I would like to do more stuff. Later. Oh, yeah, you can expand on it as time later goes on. on. Yeah, yeah, we'll see how it goes. We'll see where it goes. I got to get it actually set up first, so. Yeah. Yeah, that would be important. That generally helps. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Alrighty, are you ready? I'm ready. I feel like we the loop a little bit too so i'm excited to get back. oh back into routine yeah so it's yeah. nice for us to get back into a routine here too yeah definitely so what do we got today we are talking about the dana thomas house oh okay yay where we <laughs> just visited in springfield illinois the dana thomas house is in springfield illinois was designed by frank lloyd wright for susan lawrence dana but before we talk about the house, so I think the way I'm going to do this is I'm going to talk about the way Susan was, okay. her life, I'm going to talk a little bit about the house and what she did in it, and then okay. I would like to talk about the tour that we went on the house. Okay. Because it was so cool. <laughs> so Susan Lawrence was born in Illinois to a wealthy, self-made family on October 13th, 1862. Okay. Which makes her a Libra. Oh, all right. Her father made his fortune from selling military goods during the Civil War. Hmm. So that's how they kind of came to be. They weren't wealthy beforehand. He basically just kind of grew this whole empire. Oh, okay. So she grew up in their family home that their dad had built in the 19 or the 1860s, my bad. And in 1883, she was married to a man named Edwin Dana, and they settled down in Minneapolis for a few years. 
Oh, all right. Dana had Dana. Why do I call her Dana all the time in my brain? I don't know why. Susan. <laughs> I keep hearing like the Lawrence, the, the freaking you know, whatever. <laughs> Before we even got to the house, I thought that this was Dana Thomas's house. Oh, okay. You now, like, and so that's what I had in my brain going for a while before yeah. we went to actually tour the house. So I was like, oh, I don't know who Dana Thomas is. Got it. Okay. Susan had a lot of sad stuff in her life, um, which we talked a little bit about on the tour. So she married Edwin, and in 1885, they had their firstborn son. His name was Lawrence Henry Dana, and he was born on December 9th. Um, and he only lived for about 12 hours Aww. before he passed away. I know. It was very sad. Yeah. They were obviously upset, but didn't want to give up. So they had another another boy in 1887, uh, Edwin Whitney Dana, born August 22nd. Um, but he passed away six weeks later on October 5th. Aww. Aww. So, and she never had any more kids. That's so sad. I know. So both of her kids passed away less than mm. a year after being born. Wow. Less than a day for one of her kids. Yeah. This is kind of the start of her sad life. Okay. The time that she was around, women's rights were like not a thing. Yeah. Especially, I mean, in Illinois, women just didn't have a lot of rights. There was employment discrimination. Women still weren't allowed to vote. And most women were expected to give all the money they made to their husbands. Of course. Duh. I mean, isn't that how you're supposed to do it? <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> and Susan did not like this. Well, good. She said, no. She said, no, thank you. I would like to have my own life. I love that. And she got so upset by this that she actually wrote a letter to her dad, just like ranting oh. about how upset she was and how it was unfair that her husband had full total control over their money. Love that for her. I don't know what her dad's response was, but she mailed him a letter and was like, you know, fucked patriarchy, basically. <laughs> Eventually, his her husband's money kind of started to run out. And they were both a little bit depressed, obviously. Um, so mm. they moved back to Springfield with Susan's family. And, you know, Susan's family is very wealthy, so they could stay in their right. house and be kind of taken care of and rest a little bit while they deal with their grief. So they moved back to Springfield. However, Susan's father and her husband both passed within a six-month period of each other. Oh, my gosh. In 1900 and 1901. Oh, I know. This so, woman? Just like, everybody's dying. Yeah. I don't know how her father died. I don't know if it was, like, natural causes. I think he was pretty old. But Edwin was still pretty young, and he passed away in a mining accident in Oregon. Ooh. He was away on business, and not cool. No. After this, Susan and her mom, Mary Agnes, became the primary heirs of the estate, which was $3 million. Okay. I actually did not even look up how much that is today, though. <laughs> That's probably smart. But I remember when we were on the tour and the lady was giving us um, dollar amounts of different things. And me being like, too. I was like, well, what is that today? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So $3 million today would be 
$108 million. Oh, damn. Yeah. Wow. Damn. Okay. Actually, if you round up, it would really be 109, but whatever. All right. You, know, you, get, you get what I'm saying. They were. Rich. I mean, it's only, it's only 1 million. They like, were rich, rich. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. 100 million. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So they were rich. So after this, I think Susan just kind of threw herself into the house. Okay. Was she living already? Yeah, with her parents, with her her mom. Oh, that's right. That's right. I remember that. Okay. Yeah. So in 1902, her and her mom hired Frank Lloyd Wright to expand and renovate around their already built home. Okay. This home would eventually become a center for art and music and the women's rights movement. Love that. Yes. But before we get into what she did in the house, we're going to talk a little bit more about her personal life. Okay. So after her husband passed, Edwin, uh, she remarried again in 1912, so about 12 years later, and she was 49 at this point. And she married a poor but handsome Danish singer who was very, like, up and coming in uh, oh, around there. Nice. Um, and he was 26, so well, she was a little damn. bit of a cougar. Yeah. I know. Look at her go. You go, Susan. Um, so they married, and they were very happy. And then he died a year later from liver failure. Oh, my God. I know. Damn. Does Susan have a curse on her or something? I don't know. She's been through it. <laughs> Yeah, um, And then she remarried again to one of her childhood friends in 1915, but by 1920, they were separated and eventually were divorced. Okay, so at least he didn't die. He didn't die, <laughs> but I don't know. If I was him, I'd be like, I don't know. Right. Sorry, Susan. I probably shouldn't say switchy. that. <laughs> so building the house. Like I yeah. said, they were so rich. They were so rich. And they basically told... Frank Lloyd Wright, we have no budget. Here's a oh, love it. Literally. So he went all out. This house is freaking beautiful. It is gorgeous. One of the reasons that Susan wanted to remodel and redo the whole house is that she was a very strong believer that the aesthetics of your surroundings can really change your personal life and your emotions and everything. So oh. she wanted to have like a calm space. So I I don't really know like a whole lot about feng shui, but that's kind of what no, I'm thinking I, is like I I have no idea what feng shui is. So Okay. Well, I I'm pretty sure that. it's about aligning your house and your furnishings in such a way that I think faces a specific direction. To bring, like, peace and calm to your life. Okay. I don't know. Maybe she did that. But, I mean, if you can imagine, this woman has been through, like, so much shit. Yeah. And she's yeah. like, you know what? If I have to change my entire house to make myself feel better, I'm going to do it. So, and she's I, had the money, too. So, she might as well. So, why not? Yeah. Yeah. The house was finally completed in 1904, and it stood at 12,600 square feet by the end. Damn. This big house. It's a big house. <laughs> the tour we went on, like, I felt like we were walking forever. You could so easily get lost in that house. Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, my gosh. Especially because the house has over 35 rooms. 
three main levels and 16 varying levels throughout the house. Oh my god. So like, you could just get lost. And we didn't even get to go in all the rooms. No, we didn't. Although there was obviously like a lot added on to the original house, they did keep one room just perfectly original from the start in the house in honor of Susan's father since he had just passed away. Yeah. In the house, there are 450 art glass pieces, all designed by Frank Lloyd Wright. And that includes windows and doors and light fixtures and, you know, everything else. Yeah. The house has its own library, its own bowling alley, its own church hall, and servants' quarters. It has its own church hall? Did we go in that? Yeah. the We went to, it. there was like a little stage at the front. And she oh, talked. Yeah. Towards the end. Yeah. Yeah. Towards okay. the end. I see. Oh, that's right. I thought she did say something about that. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, and ahead. we'll get into that a little more. Okay. One of my personal favorite parts of the house were the balconies overlooking the big rooms that they had. Oh, like, yeah. String quartets playing or something. Up yes. There for music during her parties. So there was just these balconies looking down on these gorgeous parties. And since the house was so big, she could have a lot of parties. Yeah. She could have as many as she wanted. She could have everyone in town at her house and they'd all fit. She could probably have different parties going on in different rooms. Yep. She probably could. And she was very known for her parties. She threw the best parties. Nice. Whenever the house was completed, she threw this huge party. She threw this huge, like, welcome slash Christmas party because it was around Christmas time. Oh, okay. And these were all like parties and fundraisers all for charity or at least some for charity. Um, others were just like parties, you know? Yeah. And this party, this, this series of parties lasted nine days. What? <laughs> nine days. Does That just reminds me of How I Met Your Mother when Ted's like having a party just so he can invite Robin to come over. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, oh, oh, that's okay, because the party's still going, you know, and he's just like yep. three days in a row, they keep having a party. Yep, yep. A nine-day party. Wow. Yeah, I don't think it was like they were partying for nine days straight, but like every evening or so, she would have people over for nine days straight. Got it. Wow. Okay. And they were said to be these gorgeous, lavish parties. There was lots wow. of like, notable people there, like the governor and political officials. So she had these crazy parties. Obviously, she had like, she could have string quartets playing in this balcony above her party. You know, she's, fan- she's a fancy lady. Yeah. And if you were to see the inside of the house, you could have no decoration added. And it's just the perfect like party place. Yeah, true. It's also very like a calming environment. Like everything is very neutral, green, yes. brown. I love all the greens. I know. It was it was really pretty. Yes. So later on, April 1909, Susan and her friend organized a lunch at the house for more than 100 suffragists from Chicago. Oh, cool. Yeah. So she was like, everybody come over for lunch. Nice. And this was probably just in like that big dining room that we saw. Yeah. Like, remember how huge that was? What did she say? All that. Dining room? I know. She I think she said it for like, did she say 50 people? I feel like she did. I feel like she did. If you went from one end. Of the I don't remember. Exactly. The end of the 
living room. I think she said yeah. one time they had it set up for 50 people. Wow. Because there's this huge table in the middle. It's It was very cool. Yeah. So this group of suffragists later joined a larger group for a day of lobbying at the state capitol. Nice. Yes. And Susan became very active in the National Women's Party and later became the legislative chairman of the Illinois branch of the National Women's Party. Cool. She worked a lot towards women's rights. I love that. In 1923, she helped write an equal rights bill for Illinois and worked towards getting it put into place, and she even had the secretary of the National Women's Party, Anita Pulitzer, come to her house and speak to Illinois legislators that she'd invited to her house about how important this bill is. Wow. (laughs) So she just had this huge, like, get-together of all these political officials. Right. And being like, hey, I wrote this bill. It's really important. You should look at it. Go, Susan. The audacity. Like, I I couldn't have the bravery. Like, you know, I I think if I was standing in front of political officials like that and they were all looking down at me like I was some little tiny woman way back in the day, yeah, yeah. she's got to be brave for that. Definitely. Um, unfortunately, the bill did not pass. <sighs> so later, like we talked about, she became very interested in the spiritual aspect of things. Mm. And she really wanted to focus on making sure that her home was a positive environment and actually invited multiple different types of church churches to come to her home and use that church space that she has as a way to grow their church. And yeah. all of the churches that she invited were interested in women leadership. So they were so they were all also feminists. That's cool. It is rumored that She was a little interested in the witchy things. Okay. (laughs) And she even held seances in the home. Ah. Yeah. I know. Isn't that cool? (laughs) Eventually, Susan grew kind of old and she was becoming unwell. And she accumulated a lot of debt, actually, in her later years. She had spent a lot of her money on the house and everything else. Parties cost money. Parties cost money. Yeah. So does, uh, you know, trying to get a bill passed. Yeah. I'm sure. Trying to smooth talk politicians. <laughs> she accumulated a lot of debt and it put her in a lot of stress. And she endured physical and emotional breakdowns. Aww. And eventually it was ruled that she could no longer take care of herself and her affairs. So she was taken to a hospital and moved from the house where she could be taken care of, basically. Okay. And February 21st, 1942, at the age of 84, she passed away in the hospital with no friends or family with her. Aw. She was all by herself. She led, like, such an amazing life. And then die alone. She's not well known, though, you know? She's not. Which, I mean, like. crazy. I knew of the Dana Tama house specifically because I've been to Springfield, Illinois. Right. A few times. But I never really knew that history of her. It was just mm-hmm. a Frank Lloyd Wright house. So, right. you know, this the house was tied to him in my mind, not to not to her. her necessarily. She did so much good stuff. Right. The next year, July 
1943, a six-day auction was held to sell all of her personal belongings. Oh. Yeah. I don't think she really had any family left at that point. Honestly, she probably didn't. Yeah. Because I mean, she never had kids. I mean, her kids did not grow up. And then yeah. she didn't have her parents. And I know someone bought the the house. The Thomases bought the house later on and lived in it. Oh, that's right. And they didn't make very many res- uh, renovations to the house. So it all kind of looks basically as it did when Susan lived there. But the house was sold to them and then eventually back to, I think, the state. Or did the Thomases still own it? No, I think the state owns it. I think that's what she said. Yeah, because it's a historical landmark now. Yeah. Now that we've talked about the Susan of it all, <laughs> let's get into the hauntings. Bum, bum, bum. You didn't even mention hauntings. It, that's in here, so we got to talk about the hauntings. <laughs> okay. There's been a lot of unexplained things happening inside the house, apparently. Okay. And it's really not hard to see why. Oh. I mean, Susan suffered so much yeah. in her life, and a lot of people in her life died. She was very depressed, and in her later years, she was just kind of really going downhill, you know? Yeah. So she experienced a lot of pain, which is going to linger a little bit. So according to an article that I read, a tour guide at the house named Kathy once said that she heard kind of a sad humming Mm. coming from the billiards room. And she went to see if maybe someone like left the radio on or something. Yeah. But when she got down there, there was nobody there. The radio wasn't on and everything was quiet. Hmm. There's been other like little things like this that guests and staff have seen like curtains flying open or doors slamming shut or footsteps you know the casual the normal stuff right but kathy said that that is not nearly the scariest thing to happen at the house oh boy (laughs) one day she was at the house and she saw a woman she was dressed in all black okay and she was walking downstairs from the main bedroom okay kathy called out to the woman thinking, oh, maybe someone just, like, got lost on a tour or something, like, I can help her. The woman did not stop, and she kept going downstairs into the basement. Oh. So Kathy went to the staff and asked who had gone on a tour recently to see, like, maybe someone, like, some straggler left behind. But there were no tours that day. Oh. Alrighty, then. So, yeah. A little (laughs) strange. And apparently, when these unexplained things happen more often than not they are on specific days oh like Susan's birthday Mm. or the day that her mother died oh yeah or on the anniversary of one of the three funeral services held in the house while Dana Thomas well I said Dana Thomas again (laughs) while Susan lived there I don't know why it's just how my brain works I understand but on these days, it's said that you're more likely to see or hear things in the house. Okay. Yeah. That, so that's all the notes that I have. But I figured we could talk a little bit about the tour. Sure. I loved the tour. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't know anything about this house before I went into it. I'd never heard of it before. I didn't really know anything about it. Yeah. 
But it was really interesting learning about Susan and learning about Susan and about the house and what she did in the house. And I mean, the house itself is just freaking beautiful. It is. It's gorgeous. And it's freaking huge, too. It is. (laughs) It was very cool. I liked it a lot. To kind of give people a visual, if you Mm -hmm. have never seen a picture of it or been there. First of all, the door that you go in, the main door, is like an arched door. My favorite favorite types of doors. The decorative glass in the whole entire house. I mean, it's within the windows, which is like Mm -hmm. if... A big picture window. They would, I think I remember she said something, the tour guide said something like Frank Lloyd Wright liked the big picture windows, but Mm -hmm. didn't, didn't want that it to just look like a big sheet of glass. Right. So there was a lot of decorative glass around it. And all of this was in, what did they call it? The chevron or butterfly patterns? Chevron, butterfly patterns. She also said like the sumac patterns that they used i think that's and it was all true. very green green and tan and there was some blues in there but it was very like earthy yes and it was everything was so open like there was one spot that you could stand in the house that you could see all three floors of the house yeah. which until this tour i've never really realized how different architecture can be i guess oh yeah I'm just so used to the normal standard houses that I go into this and I'm like, I'm like, what is this? It's beautiful, you know? But you're used to not only normal standard, but you're used to the Midwest normal yeah. standard houses. Yeah. Which is even more. Yeah. I mean, like, when I was just in LA, the houses are very different mm-hmm. in Beverly Hills. <laughs> Right. Than they are in the in Midwest. St. Louis. Yeah. They're very different in um, downtown LA too. Right. And and then I know like you go to Arizona, the houses are different. They're you go to look different. Florida. Yeah. I guess I've, just, I've never been in a house that's had such an open floor plan, I guess. Yeah. Like you can see into multiple different rooms at a time. Well, and it's to my understanding that Frank Lloyd Wright likes to do mm-hmm. a very open concept and you know that house now i don't know i think i've only been in one of his other houses but that house had so many levels mm-hmm. and i like some of the stairs would be like you'd go up five steps but each step was only two inches so yep so one of those however many 16 17 other levels you were talking about like it's it's only yeah. because that floor is essentially only raised like three feet higher than the other floor yeah 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 I liked I really did like how open everything was and like earthy and it now that I know more about Susan it makes me think that that was purposeful for her to kind of go ahead I was just saying like to create a more calming environment for her because she's been through so much Oh, yeah. And, like, the open floor plan, like, not feeling as, like, suffocated, and the colors being really bright and earthy and warm and not, like, white, you know? Yeah. It was very relaxing, almost, like a spa. It felt like a spa. It was kind of a spa-like yeah, feel. Yeah, it kind of did. 
good way to describe it. There was, um, well, two things. Like, I was thinking that fit her too in the sense of like if she was doing seances and witchy stuff, mm-hmm. like it's all very earthy. Yeah. But then there's also this long corridor that just had these flower boxes and it was just like yeah. all, the whole, the hallway was so long, but it was all windows mm-hmm. and then had all these huge flower boxes along the whole. Like almost a greenhouse, but not, you know, yeah. even the, I think the, there were skylights too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But um, it didn't look like a greenhouse. Was really cool. It was just very pretty. It was just this whole long hallway yeah. and off to the side there was these giant windows and skylights and next to the window were just these, this one long row of plants. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. Yeah. And then like and what- alley. Sorry, continue. You can talk <laughs> I was just going to One of the things that I thought was pretty cool was they had this window that was like almost the size of a door, but it was very wide too. And they, that's how they had to bring in the Christmas tree mm-hmm. because she would get like this huge Christmas tree. And so they had to bring it in through this window and the window opened almost like a door yeah. in order to get it in because they couldn't get it to come through all of these different levels that are zigzagging all over the house yeah. to get it in the room they wanted it yeah. in. Fair. It was a confusing house. Yeah. It was. And there's no way you could have brought a huge Christmas tree in that small front door yeah. and then taken on all these different stairways. Yeah. I wish we could have gotten to go in some of the other rooms just to kind of see what they look like. Yeah. So we didn't really get to go in very many of the 36 rooms, you know? No. I did love the bowling alley. It was cool. That was It was cool. weird. It was a weird bowling alley. It wasn't like a normal bowling alley. No. There were like really skinny pins and mm-hmm. the, the bowling balls were really small. It was like an old timey bowling alley. It almost looked like um, bocce balls. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. And there was a billiards room. And I think she said there was like stables or a, a, a yes. barn or something. Yeah. Yes, there was. Um, that, they used she horses. said that was, they're like in the process of <clears throat> trying to refinish that one. Mm-hmm. But this Frank Lloyd Wright house is free. So they go solely off of donations where some of them are not free. And I thought they all were, but I guess not. They have to wait until they have enough donations, essentially, to restore things. Yeah. So the house originally, in the time that it was built, cost $120,000. Okay. The original house? The original well, the, like... Oh, Frank Lloyd Wright's version. Yes. Not the not the dad's so version. Like, damn, that was a lot. <laughs> yeah. But at the time, it was normal for a house, the average American home, to be about $4,000. So, let's see. Now, that would be about $4.3 million. Wow. Yeah. And that is, I don't think that is including, like... All of the furniture and art pieces, like the lamp that we saw. We talked about this lamp that was in one of the sitting rooms, um, I think. And it was on this big desk. And it was just so cool. I was getting like really up close and looking at all this detail. And then she said something about, oh, yeah, that lamp costs about a million dollars. 
And I stepped away from it real quick. I was like, I do not want to get anywhere near that anymore. Oh my God. Like huge lamp. They had their own everywhere, like sconces and ceiling lights. And, but this was like a lamp that was set on a table. It was, it was pretty big. We will definitely post pictures on our socials. We We weren't allowed to take pictures inside the house. So we'll find them on their website probably. Yes, we can find pictures of. Yeah, I'm sure we can find pictures online. I'm sure they're online. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I, the entire time we were in there, I did not feel any spooky presences. I didn't either. So, I don't know. Maybe they were just resting that day. Maybe. We don't want to cause any havoc today. Maybe. It wasn't wasn't one of the significant days. It was a little hot. It was really hot. It was really hot. We, um, I mean, I was at the point, honestly, where I had to step back from the group mm-hmm. because I was getting just like, I don't know. I was, I was so hot. That was a really big group though for. It was a big group. I wish that we could yeah. have taken a private tour, but. I wish as well. There's no AC in there. I would, have, I would have asked a lot more questions, I think. Yeah. There's no AC in it and it was super hot and mm-hmm. we all were about to feel like we were going to pass out by the time we left there. Yeah. And then we made some new friends at a restaurant down the street. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To get some water. Yeah. We ne- definitely needed that. Um, but the, yeah. yes, I'm looking online now. There are definitely pictures online. You can go to Dana-Thomas.org and you can look at all of their beautiful pictures. You can donate if you would like to help support them. Right. Yeah. Uh, if you're in Illinois, if you're in Springfield, Illinois, you can even volunteer to give tours or you can go on a tour. Yeah. It was really fun. I would like to go again, actually. Just I would to, love to go again, like if we could do a private tour when yeah, it's not so hot. Less people. Yeah, I agree. That's all yeah. I got. All right. Well, thank you. Yes, of course. If you guys want to follow us at all, you are more than welcome to. We would love it. We're on TikTok at Roadside Podcast. Instagram at Roadside Pod. Facebook at Roadside Podcast. YouTube at Roadside Pod. I promise I'm going to get some YouTube videos up soon. (laughs) And our website is roadsidepodcast.com where you can find all that stuff. Yes. Then you can also become a patron at patreon.com slash roadside. We would love that. Get our bonuses and show us some love and support yeah we would. Love and that. you can email us at roadsidepod at gmail.com do that we would love to hear from you we would very much cool and that is it that's it that's all we got for you guys today so we hope you guys have a great evening day morning whatever it is for you. <laughs> whatever it is for you yeah yeah we hope you have a great time and yeah keep finding the thrill in the mysterious, I guess. <laughs> no, be, 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 um, what's the word I'm looking for? Assertive? Be confident about it. <laughs> yeah. Keep finding the thrill in the mysterious. Hey, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay, goodbye. We love you all. Mwah. Bye.